When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench with Benny Jones. Hey, welcome to the show. Great to have your company as we tick off another week and edge a little closer to the end of 2019. What a sporting year it's been. It has flown by and we've still got two months of it to come. Welcome to the program. Welcome to November. It's great to be with you, Benny Jones, keeping your company over the next hour or so. We will hear from the likes of Josh Papali, the Kangaroo star, and he goes all right for Queensland and Canberra just quietly over in New Zealand preparing for the big test match between the Kangaroos and Tonga, the Invitational 13 that takes place this weekend. We'll also go and have a look at some rugby, the World Cup final. No bigger game in that particular sport. England taking on South Africa. Former Wallaby Morgan Turanui will join us to give us his thoughts and his overall assessment of the tournament there in Japan. Corey Parker will drop by an exciting little project that he's a part of as an ambassador with the NRL and the TFA. Touch Football Australia, they've teamed up and they've come up with a great program designed to get teenagers, boys and girls, off the couch, onto a sporting field and learning the great game of rugby league, minus the excessive contact. So Corey will have some info on that for us very, very soon. But we kick off tonight's show with a chat around Sam Burgess. Now, the sad news through the week that the English... Skipper and also, of course, South Sydney Rabbitohs skipper, 2014 Premiership hero, has had to hang up the boots a little earlier than he would have hoped, about four years earlier than the South Sydney Rabbitohs would have hoped due to a debilitating shoulder injury. So we went and caught up with one of the chief footy riders in the land, Dean Ritchie from the Daily Telegraph, to get his thoughts when this news was announced on Wednesday. Yeah, day, boys. Thanks for having me on. It certainly is. And I spoke to a few blokes in the game today and... I guess we haven't quite digested Sam Burgess. is only 30 years old, and in the modern day, that's extremely young. When you think of Paul Gallon got to 36, 37, a lot of players get to 34, 35. So when you're an elite player, who's one of the finest players of the modern era, if not in the game overall, it's certainly very young, 30 years old, to be forced mm. out of the game through injury. Yeah, it is a real shame, um, Bulldog, but um, the the soap opera that is rugby league never stops giving, does it? There's always something going on mm. in our game. If it's not Sam Burgess, it's stuff going on over at Manly and other clubs. But um, yeah, so look, oh, I guess the big the big uh, conversation point at the moment around Sam is and, and the, the Rabbitohs is, will they get salary cap dispensation? Because it, it's going to mean a lot to their, their next few seasons. Yeah, it certainly will, Badge. Uh, look, South are very confident. Some even at South are suggesting they'll get the whole lot. I can't see how that is totally uh, going to be possible. Uh, look, I spoke to a couple of CEOs. I won't name them, Badge, because it was just an off-the-record conversation, but they did say to me that they would be absolutely filthy if South got uh, some dispensation for Sam. Uh, their theory is you can't go around signing blokes at 30, 31 years old. Mm. Uh, albeit Sam was a little bit younger than mm. that. 
and then have them for four years and then expect money back if, in fact, they retire early through injury. I get that. I really do. A bit like Darius Boyd. South have uh, tried it on before with Greg Inglis and they got dispensation there as well. So it's becoming a real uh, unlevel playing field and certainly the Bunnies think that they have every right to go in there and say we want dispensation. I think the NRL will give them something because of Sam Burgess's standing in the game. But if it does happen, guys, expect a backlash from many, many other clubs. They, They have to prove that it's a new injury. And they're saying it's an infection, in fact, that's, that's caused all of this drama, eaten away at the bone. If they prove that it's a new injury, therefore they will get some or all dispensation from their salary cap. Is that right? Yeah, they're saying he had an operation. I think it was in February, Badge, and they claimed the infection set in just after that while he was recovering, and hence it's a new injury. But certainly it's a very cloudy rule in rugby league. As I just said, what stops any club signing a bloke for four years who's age 30 or 31, and then saying, look, it hasn't worked out, he's got a new injury, mm. uh, we want our money back. I mean, how, I can, I can fully it, digest other clubs getting the uh, you know the irrits over the whole situation. Well, well, how does it disadvantage other clubs? Well, what they're saying, Badge, is that that now gives South another advantage to go out there. They've had a year with Sam, and now yeah. they have get money back to go and get another player where other clubs are sort of uh, operating under their a signed salary cap where Souths are getting some sort of what they claim is an unfair advantage. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, I'm sure that the rap, when you lose, use those two examples perfectly, you'd rather have Sam Burgess fit and playing than paying him out. And same with Greg Inglis. So, yeah, it's a, it, I know it's a tricky one, and that's why they'll, they'll look at it very closely. Uh, look, Tyson Frizzell was a player mentioned as a possible target in the Sydney media this morning. Mm-hmm. Or South Sydney, with, of course, David Fafita, the the Million Dollar Baby from up your neck of the woods uh, is another one. Uh, look, the Latrell Mitchell rumour to South uh, still won't go away. So, look, certainly with the English money, the George Burgess money, the Sam Burgess money, uh, there's a fair bit of coin floating around at Redfern, and you'd think in the next year to two years that South might pull off a couple of really big scalps moving forward, particularly, of course, with the master coach Bennett there to uh, do his bit to lure the best to Redfern. Are you paying a million dollars on ability or are you paying a million dollars on potential or is he worth a million dollars? I'm very reluctant to value players at that amount, but not with David Fafita. The kid is an absolute, he's a match winner. He can can help you win the competition. For me, if you're going to play top dollar for players, you need them to be able to be the best player regularly, a bit like Jason Tamalolo and the player that can lead you to uh, to success. So, yeah, for me, he is. He's worth he's worth every bit of that. I was going to say, it seems to be the set price for every player, manager, or agent now to go in and say, we want a million dollars. It's yeah. becoming the, the, the figure that, well, the go-to figure, I guess you could say, for every player agent. I mean, there's guys who've got a million dollars, Ash Taylor, Ben Hunt, who you could mount an argument, haven't performed to million-dollar player expectations, which, of course, gives every agent the... Uh, the possibility of going and saying, well, my man's worth a million dollars too. Hey, back on Sam, um, favourite memories. I know for most people it would be the 2014 Grand Final where hmm. he busted his cheekbone in that first tackle on James, well, James Graham, smacked him or, or got him in the head, in the cheekbone. 
went on to win the Clive Churchill medal. What a brave performance. But, gee, he's left us with some great memories, hasn't he? Yeah, you'd have to say that was his number one uh, memory, wouldn't you, Badge? Uh, look, the legacy he will leave is, you know, is he the greatest English player to ever play in Australia? You could certainly mount an argument that way. You can mm. go back to guys like Ellery Hanley and Malcolm yeah. Reilly back from Manly in the 1970s. We've had some wonderful, wonderful Pommy players come out here. But what Sam Burgess has done in the last, what, seven, eight, nine years, uh, it's been quite extraordinary. And uh, look, South Sydney have a 110-year history and have won, I think, 21 premierships. But if you name their greatest ever side badge, you're going to have hmm. probably John O'Neill, John Sattler, Bob McCarthy, all those legendary South Sydney players in their all-time great forward pack. But I think Sam Burgess would and should be in there somewhere among those legends. Yeah, Definitely. Well, well said, Bulldog. Uh, three times George Piggins medalist, England skipper as well, of course, that Clive Churchill medal in 2014 and uh, 270 first grade games at the Rabbitohs and, of course, starting his career out at Bradford. Just before we let you go, Bulldog, just a little bit of other player movement news. One player who's moving nowhere is Joey Manu. The Roosters have locked him up for a couple of seasons, I, I believe... It's Latrell Mitchell that they'll have next box to tick as far as securing some of their young talent. Is that correct? Yeah, spot on, Benny. Look, uh, Manu signed uh, the deal yesterday for another two-year extension, which takes him through to the end of 2022. Of course, November 1 looms this Friday. So as of Friday, any player coming off contract after next season, they can be formally approached and have a contract waived under their noses. Uh, now, the Roosters have got a lot of... Star power coming off. Mm. Uh, Brett Morris, Jared Warrior, Hargreaves, uh, Latrell Mitchell. Uh, they've got a number of really big guns who remain unsigned. It's got a little bit quiet, Bondi guys, in terms of Latrell. I know he was going to meet with his manager earlier this week and then try to organise a meeting with the Roosters. But in terms of sort of information leaking out as to the deal he'll get. Again, I've just mentioned that million-dollar play. I spoke to his manager, Wade Rushton, last week, and you know, the Mitchell camp thinks he's worth a million dollars a year as well. So we could go down that same road in terms of arguing value. But I don't think Joey Manu got anywhere near a million dollars. But you know, there's an argument out there that Manu has crept alongside, if not even perhaps put his nose in front at the Roosters in terms of uh, Manu v. Mitchell. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very, very good player, no doubt at all. Hey, um, before we let you go, uh, Manasi Fainu in some strife uh, in Sydney. I don't want to go into the details of that, but what it means is uh, Manly, if there is any drama with him being available next year, early next year, they would have to have a contingency. I think you're going to put so you, you've got something for tomorrow's paper in the Daily Telegraph, Bulldog. Um, what are you What are you hearing on this one? Yeah, look, Badge, we won't go into the details. Manly are uh, extremely optimistic that he will get off the charges, but look, that's another story for another day. In terms of Des Hasler, quite clearly this has rocked Manly because it was only a month ago they allowed Appy Corusau to leave and go to Penrith mm-hmm. because Fainu had nailed down that spot, but the roster this year only had two specialist hookers, and potentially both won't be there next year, so I made a few calls today. There's no standout replacement. It really, really hurt Manly if Fainu can't play, at the moment he can't because of the no stand-down uh, fault uh, legislation that the NRL have introduced. Mm. Cade Cust, a young kid, possible. Uh, oh, Lachlan Croker, yeah. another young kid, 
possible. They're the two at the moment who are leading the pack. Both are halfbacks, though, or five mm. eights. So it's really going to put a bit of pressure on them. But uh, at the moment, I can't see how Fainu is going to start the year. And certainly Manly had a great year this year. Shocked everyone by reaching week two of the finals. And if they could have kept that same roster on the field, they could have done some significant damage again next year. But to lose their dummy half, a good young player like this, is really terrible news for Manly and for their fans. Up next on Off the Bench, Corey Parker is going to stop by to tell us about a great little project happening between Touch Football and the NRL. We'll also talk some footy with Corey. We'll nominate a Makita Power player, Josh Papali from the Kangaroos, and lots more to come. You are listening to Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Off The Bench, right around Australia. You sure are, and it's great to have your company. Benny Jones with you along for the ride as we talk all things footy and sport in general. Later this hour, not only a Makita Power nomination, but also a, uh, a look at the Rugby World Cup final. No Wallabies involved, of course. They bowed out at the corner final stage, but uh, we have an Aussie link. Eddie Jones, the coach of the Poms, well, of course, former coach of the Wallabies as well, as they take on South Africa on Saturday night. These two met in a World Cup final 12 years ago. It was the Springboks on that occasion who came up trumps. Can England reverse that result? Some three World Cups on. Morgan Turanui, former Wallaby, will drop by to give us his thoughts. He's over in Japan and covering the World Cup. But right now, Corey Parker, former Broncos, Queensland and Australian champion, has uh, decided to throw his hat into the ring when it comes to being an ambassador for the Touch Football Australian Group and also the NRL in a wonderful program that is designed to get more teenagers, more kids, boys and girls, particularly in those remote areas around Australia, involved in rugby league and just easing them into the process, of course, as Touch Football suggests, with a minimum of contact. So we caught up with Coza earlier on in the week to uh, find out what it's all about. Afternoon, guys. How are you going? Very well, mate. Great to have you on board. And uh, clearly, it must be great to be part of this wonderful initiative put together by the NRL and the TFA. It's taking you here, there, and everywhere. In fact, I think last Thursday at the launch, you were in Broome, one of the most beautiful parts yeah. of the country. Hey, tell us about it, mate. What's the uh, what's the story? What's the concept all about? Yeah, well, it's in conjunction with the NRL. Um, obviously, they've identified um, the inclusiveness, inclusiveness and the participation that um, we want in and around uh, NRL, but more importantly, uh, from both women uh, and men of young ages, uh, kids and uh, children at uh, at junior schools, to be uh, a participant of Touch Football Australia. So, uh, the NRL have um, uh, had a grant uh, given to Touch Football Australia to, uh, I guess, uh, more importantly, uh, just get the participation level of kids just having fun. Uh, that's at the end of the day. That's what it all comes down to. If kids are active and having fun, well. Um, everyone's a winner. Um, you know, it's it's better for a physical state. Uh, it's better for a mental state of mind. But more importantly, it's just good to get out there and have a bit of fun with your mates. So uh, from my point of view, mm. obviously, um, playing NRL or, or rugby league for nearly my whole life, um, it's it's great to be able to see the, the synergies between the two, um, particularly with touch football and also um, the NRL, particularly the pathways. I mean, we've seen some of our greatest uh, attacking footballers in the NRL at this current day uh, come from touch football background. So it only makes sense, but um, you're yeah, just getting that particip- participation level up. 
because you never had a problem because you were um, you know a forward a big bloke a, a, I imagine a pretty big kid but there's a lot of smaller kids who don't go on with their footy because of yeah. the size difference and I, I imagine that's a big part of it so play touch footy and from there there might be a pathway um, to high levels at touch footy or into the NRL or into rugby league yeah. is that is that the case yeah you're spot on you're spot on badge I mean even um, you know some mums and dads aren't quite you know, across the line in terms of um, in, in terms of uh, their kids being uh, in the full contact sport. So there's touch football program available. You can still go out there, play a similar game, um, and have the same amount of fun. So that's I mean that's another option. There's also touch football league. Uh, so same um, same rules or very similar rules to NRL, uh, but there is just no contact. There's still kicking involved. There's still um, you know, a, a ball can touch or hit the ground, so there's different uh, rules in and around that, but yeah, mm. just without the contact. So if you are that smaller kid and you do thoroughly enjoy the game, well, you know, there's there's an opportunity there for everyone. So what, why would you be in Broome of all places? I mean, it's not a real <laughs> rugby league heartland, I imagine. Why, why are we over there in the top end of WA? It's just kind of, you know, there's a big footprint over in, obviously, Western Australia that the NRL have identified. Uh, and there's been some wonderful talent coming out of that area for different various sports. And uh, we've taken some of our show pieces over there, that being uh, obviously Origin last year, and the nines that are going to go there in the um, in February. So it only makes sense to uh, to throw the cast net into those states that we want to obviously um, exploit. Or, but just importantly, just get them on the, on the map of, of playing touch football first and foremost, and then... Uh, as I mentioned, the pathways that are then open for uh, you know the success of, of rugby league players. So, um, Broome, I've never been to Broome. It's a long <laughs> way away. I'll give you that. Uh, but a wonderful, yeah, nice, very nice part of Australia. And and I was really uh, very uh, pleasantly surprised to see how much uh, inclusiveness they uh, have with touch football over there already in such a short space of time. But more importantly, with their in, uh, with their rugby league programs also. Yeah, it's brilliant stuff, Corey, and uh, we congratulate you on your efforts so far going to places like Broome. And, of course, it'll go to other regional uh, and sort of far-flung areas like Catherine, uh, Mount Gambia, Griffith as well will be involved. And you can find out all the details at playrugbyleague.com forward slash play these programs and free programs on offer until June 2020. As far as what you're up to and, and keeping yourself busy in that role, clearly as ambassador for this program, Corey, but also the Fox League work, uh, it, uh, it yep. dries up a touch this time of year, of course. Five but months some... off when you work well, at Fox, Benny. Not, they just don't. Not, it's not a quite badge. job. Not quite badge because, of course, there is still some footy going on. Don't listen to him, Corey. Uh, this is a bloke who's just got back from three weeks holiday himself. Um, you would have caught the, the game on Friday with the, uh, the Kangaroos taking on the Kiwis. What did you make of it? Yeah, certainly did. Look, I, I, to be very honest, um, I actually thought the Kiwis would give up more of a fight than they did. I thought it was a pretty flat performance in their regard. Look, Australia is going to be very hard to beat and, and for obvious reasons, but I, I going into it, I thought if the Kiwis were able to start well and grow off a bit of momentum, um, that they might be a shot, but it just wasn't the case. I mean, um, some of those, some individuals, we were just well, well below par. We're very underwhelming, so I'm looking... Uh, to see the bounce back that they've got uh, for their next game. Uh, but, you know, the Australian side were clinical. They were very good, and um, I expect them to keep marching on. Kiwis are playing the um, the Poms, so they'd want to improve. Mm. And Tonga, the Invitational Tonga team, mm. which is basically their test side, beat the Poms. Do you reckon they'll put up a, uh, a better fight than the Kiwis did, give the, give the uh, Kangaroos a harder time on Friday night? Well, I'm not sure. But, I mean, the Tongans, they, they present so much hope 
uh, and they've come such a long way in a, in a, in a you know number of years, short sort of space of time. But every time they've come up against Australia, Australia have absolutely pantsed them. So really good opportunity. They've beaten Great Britain, who've got some wonderful talent, uh, you know, that we've seen week in and week out with the NRL, and, and they beat them um, over over there in New Zealand. And now the, the big challenge is uh, to come up against the Australian side. So mm. um, we'll wait and see and see, and see what happens. But yeah. Uh, yeah, they've got a great side. They've got a few areas that I think Australia will be able to pick apart. Uh, I think their spine's probably not as strong as it could be. No doubt their forward pack is certainly one of you know world class. And you got Pangai, you got Tamalolo, you got Fafita, uh, you got Offhand Galway. These guys are mm. uh, just not sure about their spine. So uh, it should be a great contest, though. Yeah, hey, cause I know you do do some uh, some work in the off season because you're with the uh, the Broncos um, in their system. What's the uh, what's your feeling on David Fafita? Mm. Is he is he likely to stay? How and how important is it to the Broncos that they they keep this young gun player who's getting massive offers from everywhere else? Yeah, yeah. Look, Badge, you've been in and around it for a long time as well, mate. I mean, it's important to keep these guys, but if you just can't compete with other people, you just can't compete. It's quite simple. Now, my understanding is that Dave Fafita will say. Um, I, I, and look, you know, for him, I, I've worked with Dave Fafita for a number of years now. I had him last year in the uh, Queensland under-18 side and to see him uh, as a Queensland under-18s last year and to see the year that he's had this year, both, you know, from um, in Origin Arena and then obviously into the Nines, I mean, he is a superstar. And, and uh, the, the better thing that I like most about Dave Fafita that a lot of people don't see is a human being that he is. He's a terrific mm. person. He is a wonderful guy, a very, very good role model in, in terms of what we look for uh, from young men. So bundle all that in together and, you know, the price that's getting thrown up, well, you know, I'm sure the Broncos will be, you know, doing everything they can to compete, but um, it's, it's a juggling act. And that's part of the salary cap that that is. So, I mean, mm. you know, they had... Pangai, they had Offen Galway, they had Payne Haas, and, and they've got Fafida. Um, so, you know, he's just another one of their, you know, their sort of strike, uh, young boom up and come forwards. Uh, mm. But he's just jumped right out of the box in 2019. Did your mum ever decide your next contract? Apparently, she's going to be the one that uh, decides yeah. where David goes. <laughs> Was that, did your mum well, or dad get involved in that when you were a young bloke? Well, Dave's money off a contract that he's getting off at the moment is about three times as much as my highest ever contract. So, <laughs> look, if, if, if mum has to get involved in, in around that space, I'll let her be it. Uh, but, look, I mean, that just, you know, sort of goes to show that sort of guy he is. He, he still lives at home. Um, he still has those those family values. He, he still values what his mum, um, you know, instills into him. And, yeah, at some stage he'll make a call for himself. But, um, you yeah, know, this this point in time, mum, mum makes the calls for him. I don't know if she still packs his lunch or makes his bed or not. But <laughs> Probably sounds does. like she might. Corey Parker True. with us on Sports Day, part of a great partnership involved with the NRL and also the Touch Football Association in Australia. PlayRugbyLeague.com forward slash play is the website to check out these programs that are going right throughout Western Australia, the Northern Territory, South Australia, and, of course, Queensland and New South Wales. Corey, as the ambassador, we thank you for your time on the program, for explaining what that's all about, and hopefully it's enough to encourage a couple of those kids and the girls in particular to uh, to get off the couch, show their love of rugby league, and do so in a pretty safe working environment. Thanks for your time here on the program. No worries, guys, any time.
So Corey Parker, their ambassador for this exciting program. Uh, you want to find out all the details, we'll have them up on our Facebook page and Twitter as well. All the socials covered here on Off The Bench. Quick break. When we return, uh, we're going to nominate a Makita Power Player of the Week and we'll also head over the ditch, yes, to New Zealand to catch up with Kangaroo Josh Papali as his side gets set to take on the Tongan Invitational 13. Should be a belter of a test match. We'll see how the preparations are coming along with... Josh Papali next here on Off The Bench. This is Off The Bench. We'll be back right after this. Time to nominate our Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range, the landscaper's choice. Yeah, you can power through the toughest of jobs with Makita when power simply means business. Pretty easy nomination this week. We heard from Dean Bulldog Ritchie of the Daily Telegraph, NRL Journo, off the top of the program uh, about the sad news surrounding Sam Burgess's early retirement. Four years left on his contract at the Bunnies, but that shoulder has just said no more. Cannot take another surgery and cannot endure another pre-season, not to mention the arduous task of getting through an NRL season. So that is the end of the line for the Bunny Skipper. But what an incredible career he has had, and that is why he is this week's Makita Power Player. All-time 270 games, 182 of those with the Rabbitohs, and 88 at Bradford. Uh, He had uh, just an incredible journey where he won three George Piggins medals as best player in a season for South Sydney, uh, back-to-back in 2016-17, and the one that would really sit proudly on his trophy cabinet would be the one in 2014, of course, the Bunnies' premiership year. England captain for a couple of years. He was a part of a dream team, the Rugby League Players Association in 2017. Of course, he took out that Clive Churchill medal in 2014. He was the Dallium Lock of the year in 2014. Bob McCarthy, clubman the Rugby League International Federation International Player of the Year in 2014. It's one of the hardest competitors of the, well, modern era in the National Rugby League. He will be sorely missed and hopefully not to the game for too long and maybe back into some sort of coaching role, much like his former teammates Greg Inglis and also Johnny Sutton, who's recently hung up the boots himself. So well done to Sam Burgess. Makita's cordless power garden range. It is the world's largest range. Over 200 tools on the one battery. He might have got this guy's thoughts on Sam Burgess just quietly as well. He's over in New Zealand with the rest of the Kangaroos squad as they prepare to take on the Tongan Invitational 13 this weekend. And his name is Josh Papali. Here was our chat on Sports Day earlier in the week. Hey guys, how's it going? Really well, mate, and uh, obviously a great thrill to have you on the show, fresh from that uh, big win over the Kiwis on Friday night. Um, what were your uh, your main takeaways from that game? The performance was pretty solid, um, but a few areas to improve on, and, and obviously coming up against a, a really strong Tongan side on the weekend. Yeah, look, it was definitely uh, a strong uh, performance the boys put in uh, last Friday night, and um, yeah, look, we still a few things to work on, and um, you know, boys here not playing for a while, and uh, we were definitely looking forward to uh, you know Saturday night against the Tongan outfit. Yeah, well, and the Kiwis weren't uh, they weren't great, were they? So I, I expect you, you know, with Tonga with a win behind them, and uh, you know, and a game under their belt for some of them not having played for a while, you're going to expect a bit of a tougher opposition Friday night. Oh, sorry, Saturday night. Yeah, they obviously played well against uh, you know the Pommies as well, and. Uh, you know, like the Tongan fans do, they they turn up in numbers and they come and support their their little nation. And um, yeah, look, I, I think Saturday is not going to be uh, too much different. And 
uh, look, it's going to be a red sea, but um, I'm looking forward to it and uh, can't wait to, to play on Saturday. Do you get do you get uh, more excited, Josh, when you come up against um, you know a red hot forward pack like they've got monster pack Fafita, Takiaho, Tamalolo, Big Adam Fanua Blake? Does that does that fire you up? Oh, look, it's uh, yeah, it sort of does. It's a it's a you know, it's a team you don't want to come up against uh, at their best footy and. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be a tough challenge on Saturday, but uh, looking forward to the challenge. We've got a, a decent forward pack ourselves, and uh, we're going to try and look to you know play off the back of Big Payne, House, and um, you know the likes of Clement as well. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you go in a bit harder or, or take it easy on Saliva Havili, your uh, your greatest teammate? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, you're, you're going to have to go in a bit harder just because <laughs> uh, you know everyone gets. Uh, underestimates his strength and uh, look he, he's probably the first uh, I've seen go from hooker to front row back in Canberra and uh, yeah look he, he's he's short but uh, very strong as well. How do you rate that for yourself Josh? Nine seasons now with the Raiders you've won three uh, Mel Meninga medals you've, you know you've been prominent for a long time but how do you rate that yourself as a, as, as far as um, your, your best season or, or up there with others? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to say it's one of my uh, consistent seasons I've, I've had for a long time. And, um, you know, one of my biggest focus was to try and get a good start to, um, you know, my, my campaign. And, uh, you know, I thought I, I'd done that for the club. And, uh, look, it just helps uh, having quality players around you as well. With Jackie moving into a 5A role and, uh, you know, Batty coming here from uh, from England. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, definitely uh, helped our team this year. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I can bring some of that form to, to next year as well. Kangaroo star Josh Papali joining us on Sports Day. A couple before we let you go, Josh, appreciate your time. You, you mentioned that English contingent that has come to the Raiders and had such a huge impact this year, and I'm sure many of them have spoken to you about the impact Sam Burgess has had on them and uh, many of the great battles that you yeah. would have had against Sam over the journey when uh, the Raiders have come up against the Bunnies. So, mate, the news filtering across that he's announced his retirement. Um, how will he be remembered in yeah. your eyes? Oh, mate, definitely, uh, you know, he's up there with one of the toughest, um, you know, um, players I've ever played against. And, yep. um, you know, probably on the other side with, um, you know, people being sad over his retirement, I'm probably one of the happy ones because I, I don't have to tackle him or, <laughs> uh, you know, get tackled by him. So, um, but just on that, I'd, yeah, I'd just like to, uh, you know, wish Sammy, uh, you know, um, you know, the best of luck with his, with his near future. Yeah, yeah, well said. Well, he's probably happy that he's not having to run into you anymore, Josh. <laughs> hey, um, yeah. the, the end of the long season happens on Saturday. All the best for that, mate. What's what's planned for uh, for, for you after it's all finished? Oh, look, yeah, a few boys have a few weddings uh, after this game and just going to try and relax and uh, spend some quality uh, family time. Well, mate, it's been a stellar 2019 uh, from your perspective for the Canberra Raiders falling just that one hurdle short and, of course, now wrapping up with the Kangaroos. Good luck against the Tongan Invitational 13, mate. Uh, Hopefully the full stop to an amazing year for you. Enjoy the spell, and uh, we'll see you bright and early in 2020 for a big year at the Raiders. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Appreciate that, mate. So, Josh Papali there. Quick break. When we return, we'll shift up codes slightly to Rugby Union, that is, and we'll take a look at the World Cup final. Over in Japan, it's England and South Africa, and a former Wallaby will stop by to share his thoughts. This is Off The Bench. We'll be back right after this.
You're listening to Off The Bench, right around Australia. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Been a big, big hour too where we've caught up with Dean Ritchie from the Daily Telegraph to talk about Sam Burgess's retirement. Corey Parker with a touch football and rugby league, well, partnership that's going to do some great things in boosting participation numbers in rugby league right around Australia. And Josh Papali, one of the Kangaroo stars, getting set to take on Tonga this weekend. Big game over in Japan, the biggest in rugby union, that is, of course, the World Cup final. It's taking place and it's going to be between England, led by Eddie Jones, and the Springboks, two-time winners of this particular tournament. To catch up with a former Wallaby and get his thoughts on the game, we've gone all the way to Japan. Morgan Turanui, 20 caps with Australia, spoke about the tournament so far and who he thinks will be lifting that coveted cup on Saturday night. Afternoon, gents. Thanks for having me. How uh, How is things in your part of the world? Obviously, the build-up towards this big game on Saturday night, uh, it's going to build as... We get closer to it, but is there um, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement, or is this a bit of the calm before the storm? Yeah, it's exactly that, the calm in the middle of the week. Obviously, a massive weekend with the two semi-finals, And then what happens a bit with most people, you can't, it's a bit dangerous to spend a full week in Tokyo, all the things you can get up to. So (laughs) I'm one of the people that you sort of sneak off elsewhere in Japan and take the opportunity to see the sites. I reckon I've seen about 100 shrines and temples over the past few weeks. So at the moment, I'm in Kyoto, which is couple hours out of uh, Tokyo on the Shinkansen, which is a super fast train. Mm. And you just try and get a little bit of culture before the rugby takes over on Friday for the third third and fourth playoff. And then obviously the huge World Cup final on Saturday. I've heard there's plenty of fans from all nations over there, Morgan. But what about the locals? Have they they embraced it as much as it looks like on on the telly? Yeah, I, I definitely think they've embraced it more than anyone who's ever hosted the World Cup before. Um, just little things like uh, seeing you know, local Japanese learn both countries' anthems, say the, the mm-hmm. Wallabies versus England quarterfinal. They've been spending in Oita, they've been spending months learning both teams' anthems. But little things like that, mm-hmm. a huge amount of volunteers, a, a bit reminiscent of that 2000 Olympics, remember all the Australian volunteers we had? It's like that walking out of the stadiums, even just local people, if you're struggling to find what to do to buy a train ticket or something, they're just really helpful here. So it's been... Just an excellent World Cup, especially from the host nation. Yeah, did the, did the two best sides make it through to the final in your eyes? England up against South Africa? I mean, I, I kind of answer that, I know, but uh, I can by saying that the All Blacks should have been there. But um, are these the, the next two best? Yeah, well, we'll probably find out only after the fact. They're definitely the next. The big three going in were England, South Africa and New Zealand. And we knew that whether it's a pseudo-final last week's semi or whether you know it's this week that New Zealand are definitely part of that top three conversation but in saying that they were completely and comprehensively outplayed they were dismantled by England so mm. you know if South Africa going to win this World Cup then it's pretty simple the two best teams made the final but yeah two of the big three are in the final. Mm. You hear reports Morgan about the fact that well maybe England did go a a week early in that amazing performance against the Kiwis. Maybe they've already played their World Cup final. I can't imagine a side led by Eddie Jones, who's just been on fire the last couple of weeks in the media. I don't think he'd allow that kind of thought process to sink in. They'll reset. But um, he says they've got to go to another level to beat the Springboks. Do you agree? Well, he's got to say those sorts of things in terms of going to another level. The truth is they probably don't. It'll be a very different style of game. I don't think what they did against New Zealand was they really it up defensively for the full 80 minutes. They got off the line. They put pressure on New Zealand. South Africa won't play as much with ball in hand, so it'll, it'll take a different type of performance, but probably not as hard a one, to be honest. 
as you mentioned, you know, when you talk about getting back up again for the game, it's not the rugby that will count or the physical element. It'll be that emotional and psychological mindset to be able to put that semi-final, that historic semi-final win to bed mm. and front up and complete what they should do, and that is become world champions. England should be the favourite. They are the favourite. But South Africa have a game plan that will keep them in the contest, that'll make it a, a close game. And that's where things like the bounce of the ball, one refereeing decision, perhaps a little bit of indiscipline or, or you know, one high tackle could decide this World Cup final. Are they a bit... Are they, is boring the word for South Africa or are they a little bit too me- or measured or are they, you know, like you're saying a different game plan? Are they going to kick the footy a lot and just, uh, just play territory? Yeah, I think it's probably too absolute to say boring rugby. There's different ways of playing the game. Like there's different ways of playing league and soccer and those sorts of things. Uh, and, and if they tried to go toe-to-toe with an expansive game of rugby, South Africa, they'd lose to England. Uh, so to, be, to win, they probably have to be a little bit more pragmatic, play a lot out of their zone, and that'll mean a lot of kicking, a lot of box kicking, which for, you know, maybe from an Australian point of view too, where we just like to see ball in play, we like to see running rugby, and to be honest, that's probably why our Wallabies aren't here. We probably are mm. too ambitious in our play sometimes, or not good enough at doing it. Um, there's so many different ways to play the game. Even the scrum, people go, oh, well, the scrum... You know, it can be boring or resets. It's a weapon. It's a tactical part of our game, a crucial part of our game that makes us a little bit different. Every single part of Union is a uh, competition or a contest, including scrum and ruck and maul. You boys know with the league, obviously, you sort of get six shots or five or six shots. It's not as absolute with that in Union. You've you've got to be aware about losing the ball at all times. And South Africa have a game plan that will keep them in a game and can win them a World Cup. Uh, it might not be good enough against an England side who are probably a more complete team, but they'll definitely be there about. Morgan Turinuri joining us here on Sports Day, the former Wallaby and over in Japan covering the Rugby World Cup. Uh, before we let you go, and we'll get your tip, of course, Morgan, to sign off with, I'm sure that while you've been absolutely absorbed in the atmosphere and the excitement of the Japanese locals and all of the great rugby we've been witnessing from afar, I'm sure you've kept half an eye on what's going on with the Wallabies and the uh, search for the next coach after Michael Checker. What's what's your read? What's the inside word? Um, there's talk of Dave Rennie, the Kiwi, but then we've had some in the media here suggesting we need to go down an Australian coaching pathway. Do you have a you have a thought on that? Yeah, I obviously do. Obviously, because I care about the Wallabies. It's a it's a jersey I was pretty proud to wear. I'm not. I don't care that really the nationality of the coach. I want the best candidate. My issue is not that a foreigner is the best candidate. It's just why why we got to a position where the top five candidates aren't Australians. So if Dave Rennie's the best or if Joe Schmidt or Vern Cotter or whoever, like a New Zealand guy is the best candidate, we'll give them the job and let them do the work. But next time we choose a Wallaby coach or 10 years down the track, I want our investment in development of coaches to have been enough that those candidates are naturally Australians. Eddie Jones, obviously, unfortunately, probably for Australia, we probably wanted England to lose. Yeah. If he'd have lost, there would have been a chance that he'd be available. Mm. I dare say now he'll see out his contract to 2021, as he probably should, and try and turn England into the dominant team in world rugby. Uh, in terms of who the coach will be, look, thankfully smarter people than me will decide. But what I'd love to see them do is take their time. Uh, you know, you guys you know yourself in sport often where there's smoke, there's fire in terms of naming mm. someone early. Dave Rennie possibly had the inside running. I think some of the commentary recently may give Rugby Australia pause to just take their time a bit more. The Wallabies don't play for another eight months. Yep. Got a full yeah, super point. rugby season. We've got to get through the cricket. Mate, we've got to get through the spring carnival and the cricket first, let alone get to the rugby season. <laughs> so, so right, yeah, right. Why uh, do they need to name time. the coach? Exactly. To take our time, get the best candidates, make sure in touch with everyone, possibly even wait till the All Blacks choose theirs and see who's yeah. left. It didn't probably work perfectly for us last time we did that when we waited for Robbie Deans. 
Uh, he, he's a guy whose win ratio was just under 60%. We'd probably take that right now. So let's yeah. just take our time, do our due diligence, as we always should, because we have this time right now, and get the best candidate. Very measured response, Morgan. Appreciate that, and it'll be fascinating to watch that unfold over coming months. Just before we do let you go, of course, the 20, uh, 2007 uh, World Cup final saw these two sides meet. South Africa triumphant on that occasion. Do England avenge that result? Do you expect to see them lifting the, the Webb Ellis Trophy come Saturday night? That was a, a sit-up-and-take-notice performance. If they hold anything like that sort of form, they win this game. Uh, as I said, South Africa have a game plan to keep them close. I would think England by five, six, seven points, so England by six. All right. Well, we'll let you get back to just soaking up more of that Japanese culture and plenty of the great Tucker over there as well. Morgan, thanks for your time here on uh, Sports Day. Greatly appreciated. Let's hope it's a classic World Cup final and one to uh, sign off on what has been a, a really fun tournament. Yeah, thanks, boys. Thanks for supporting rugby. So Morgan Turanui there joining us. Great to catch up with the former Wallaby. And it should be a belter, that one, between England and South Africa. One and two in the world. And England, after shocking the All Blacks, can they go all the way under Aussie coach Eddie Jones, we'll soon find out. This has been Off the Bench. Hope you've enjoyed the program. Hey, we'll catch you same time next week. Until then, look after yourself.